Thank you. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. I'm 
אבל הכל משתנה פתאום, וזה בסדר, אני לא אשם, כי זה רצון השם. אני הולך, לא רואה את הסוף, מאמין שיהיה רק טוב. אני קטן, כן, אני קטן, והתמונה גדולה. וכל מה שקורה זה סבבה, לא מפחד משום דבר, כי אני בידיים של אבא, של אבא שלי. אני רוצה היום, אבל הכל משתנה פתאום, וזה בסדר, אני לא אשם, כי זה רצון השם. אני הולך לרוא את הסוף, מאמין שיהיה רק טוב. אני קטן, כן, אני קטן, והתמונה גדולה. וכל מה שקורה זה סבבה, לא מפחד משום דבר, כי אני בידיים של
J.M. in the A.M. Good morning. It's a Friday. Erev Shabbos. Welcome, everybody. And thanks for tuning in from around the world, from everywhere. It's much appreciated. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Parshas Vayetze. Kendall lighting time in the New York area. We're saying 408. I know some people have it later than that. But we'll call it for 408. Why not? <laughs> this way, uh, if someone's rushing, you know, on one of these early Shabbatot and they have 408 in mind, then they'll... They'll get there on time, right? If it's a few minutes after that, or a minute or two after that, I should say. 
Uh, anyway, Friday morning on the Sarif Shabbos Parshas Vayetze, we are now saying the same Talomatar everywhere. We were saying it in Israel, and now we are saying it in the diaspora. So again, the same Talomatar. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, consult with your local rabbi. But again, uh, the same Talomatar is um, is what we are doing and saying. Uh, in our tefillah, in our uh, davening at the moment. Leif Tahar had Lachad Odi. You heard uh, Yisrael Werdiger in there with Lachad Odi. Hakomi Shamayim, that was Mordechai Shapiro, plus Bokir Tov, that was also brand new for Mordechai Shapiro. Benny Friedman's Hareini, that's brand new. Regesh, of course, Modani opening things up. And uh, we say good morning. It's Friday on this December 6th, the 8th of Kislev, 35 degrees, mostly cloudy and a high temperature of 51 uh, tonight, partly cloudy, low 32. Sunshine for tomorrow. Looks like a good-looking Shabbos with a high temperature of uh, 39 degrees. You shall lie right now at 55. We are at 35 here in New York as we say good morning at JM and the AM. We continue to thank those who continue to give to JM and the AM. Overnight, we had some great pledges and the donations at fjbunity.org, and I thank you, fjbunity.org. Yeah, a, a giving day, giving Tuesday has, dern, has turned into a giving week for us here, and it's much appreciated. Um, so again, um, uh, thanks to everybody who's given overnight. Thanks to those of you who are returning your envelopes with uh, pledges of support to us here at JM and the AM really amazing the way people have responded and we appreciate it very much if you haven't joined our 2019 campaign yet there's still time go to uh, fjbunity.org again that's fjbunity.org and to give generously um i want to thank uh listener ruby wrote the most amazing thing yesterday uh, on our app. Uh, she says, donating six times high for six wonderful happenings this year. Nachas, my children, Ilana, Jeffrey, Gedansky, being honored at the Yacha dinner on January the 4th. So proud of them. Hatzlacha, uh, Rofe Cholem Cancer Society, whereby Chaim Rapfogel is spearheading the RCCS auction event December the 16th. That's happening in the Kaplan home on Jefferson Street in Teaneck, December the 16th. RCCS, Ruby says, is an amazing organization helping individuals with cancer, providing support throughout. Uh, then Hatzlacha Rabba to Mordechai Kaplan uh, going to Uman. Um, I can't understand. I, I think, is it Yeshiva Break Week? January the 18th. And Mazda on celebrating twin grandchildren's uh, bat mitzvah in Israel, welcoming another Ruth Devora in memory of Robertson Hirschman to the Asaf Abramowitz, Kaplan, Rapogel, Gdansky, and Seligson family, and where they have many Ruth Devoras. And finally, Menucha Gdansky has graduation from Frisch Yeshiva, and last but not least, Mazda to Stacey and Nachum for a monumental wedding celebration for Binyamin. It should be the first of many to come. It's all from Ruby and Coach Bobby. Well, thank you. Thank you very, very much, to say the least. They posted that yesterday afternoon. Thank you very, very much, and uh, and and Mazal Tov on all the occasions, and thank you for that wonderful donation. So a lot of people, as we say, have been donating overnight, and envelopes have been coming in, and I thank everybody who's been joining our 2019 campaign. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos here at uh, JM in the AM, and I think I saw, yeah, 
There on the Joey Newcomb album to be a year. There's a song called the Erev Shabbos Nigun. This is he calls this the Erev Shabbos Nigun. So we'll do that one for you uh, next here at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM Friday morning, coming toward the end of hour number one of our three-hour presentation of JM in the AM. And a full day, of course, at the Nahum Siegel Network. By the way, in the early part of the afternoon, about 1 o'clock Eastern time, we play the Harry Rothenberg video blog on, the, um, on this week's Parsha. Pay careful attention to it this week. It is pretty remarkable, frankly. I uh, heard it and saw it early this morning. Friday morning on this December 6th, the 8th of Kislev. Good morning, everybody, and thanks for joining us. I want to thank those who are commenting on the NSN app. We've got some uh, great messages, including enjoying the program. Good Shabbos. Thank you, listener Aaron. Listener G-Man, continue to grow. Michael Ohio, much appreciated. Hello to Trucker Yitz, who's out there and on the app as well. And I thank those of you who are tuned in around the world on the app. Uh, Avram Fried, that was Regesh with Arachaman. Avram Fried is in concert tomorrow night with Chazan Yitzchuk, Mayor Healthgott at Parky Synagogue. That was the classic Kel Hodos. Peiro and Lechadodi from Eitan Katz. Lechadodi from the Breslov Bar Band. Yishai Rebo had Ben Adam. Joey Newcomb with the Erev Shabbos Nigun here at JM in the AM. Um, there you go. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. We have started to save a St. Talomata in the diaspora, so now the whole world is saying it. If you're not familiar with that, consult with your local rabbi. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayetze with candlelighting in New York at 4.08. We're calling it for 4.08. Some may have it a minute or two later than that. But we'll call it for 4.08 p.m. this afternoon. Mostly cloudy with a high of 51. Good-looking Shabbos in this area. I hope it's the same where you are around the world. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world the web at AchimSegal.com. On the Nahum Single Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to Jam Nam. Galay Tzal, Ashash Stein, Shalom Rav, Kanoam Aviram, Mashakoeachshav. Tzal, Nerach, Bechot, Metukbarim, Likrat, Hidusha, Afghanot, Bigvula, Zayom, Larishona, Meaz, Mivza, Hagorash, Horab, Hisulosh, Maniga, Jihad, Bahabul, Ata, Lifneki, Shlosha, Shavuot. Katavenu, Linnei, Tzavat, Tzahi, Dabush, Moser. כי ההחלטה לחדש את ההפגנות התקבלה השבוע על ידי חמאס. פלסטיני מחברון שנעצר על ידי המשטרה הפלסטינית מכיוון שהתגייר, שוחרר הלילה בפעולה אזרחית של גורמים יהודיים מן המעצר ששהה בו כחודשיים. במהלך מעצרו הוא ספג לטענתו התעללויות, בהן גם מניעה ממושכת של שינה. כתבנו יובל סגב שהביא את הפרטים לראשונה, מוסר כי עקב העובדה שההליך הגיור שלו לא הוכר על ידי המדינה, הוא לא קיבל סיוע מגורמים ישראליים רשמיים. גבר בן 40 התמוטט עקב מכת חום במהלך ריצת חצי מרתון עמק המעיינות, מצבו בינוני. הוא טופל בידי מגן דוד אדום ופונה לבית החולים העמק בעפולה. כתבנו קובי מנדל מוסר כי 35 ממשתתפי המרוץ טופלו לאחר שסבלו מהתעלפויות, חולשה והתייבשויות קלות, אך הם לא נזקקו לפינוי. כמאה בני אדם מפגינים מול שגרירות אוסטרליה במחאה על התעללות בעגלים וקוראים להפסקת המשלוחים החיים. כתבנו מאיר מרציאנו מוסר כי הפעילים דורשים את הפסקת המשלוחים של עגלים וטלאים לישראל בעקבות חשיפת ההתעללויות בהם. לידיעת הטסים, טרמינל מספר 1 בנמל התעופה בן גוריון נסגר לפני כחצי שעה. כתבתנו עינב קרנר מוסרת כי כל הטיסות יוצאות מטרמינל מספר 3. מזג האוויר היום ירד גשם מקומי קל ממרכז הארץ ועד לצפון הנגב, ויהיה קר מהרגיל. ואלה זמני כניסת השבת, פרשת ויצא, 
בירושלים בארבע בדיוק, בתל אביב בארבע וארבע עשרה, בחיפה בארבע ושלוש דקות, ובבאר שבע תיכנס השבת בארבע ושמונה עשרה דקות. ואלה זמני צאת השבת מחר בירושלים בחמש ורבע, בתל אביב בחמש ושש עשרה דקות, בחיפה בחמש וארבע עשרה, ובבאר שבע תצא השבת בחמש ושמונה עשרה דקות. לכל מאזיננו, שבת שלום. אלה החדשות שעורך אילנה אורנוב.
across the cities hands across the seas heart beats together it's the sound of unity we're linked in a chain to change the world when you feel the strength you spread the word we're linked in a chain to change the world when we get together our voices J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. We've started to save a St. Talomotar now in the diaspora. Candlelighting in New York, 408. Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayetze. 
Big shout out to AJA Carpool number 255. And listener Daniel just pointed out yesterday to somebody how our uh, carpool listening uh, has really expanded beyond New York and New Jersey over the last couple of years. And of course, carpool number 255 of the AJA, Atlanta Jewish Academy, is primary among them in that category. That's an understatement. <laughs> primary is right. Uh, before eighth day, you heard Yaakov Shweki with Inshallah and Mimkomcha, 17 minutes after 7 o'clock. Malcolm Holnine, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us coming up here at JMDM at about 7.40 Eastern Time. Congrats going out to the Yeshiva University men's basketball team. The Maccabees won again. They beat Farmingdale, the team that eliminated them last year and did not allow them to win the Skyline Conference. Well, they beat them yesterday. Oh, they beat them all right and uh, in Farmingdale. And now they have a uh, an unblemished conference record. They have an eight-game winning streak, right? I think it's eight games. Eight-game winning streak. And before the big break that happens between the end of December and the end of January, I think they have four more games left, some of them against some tough competition. Uh, not conference games, but some of them against tough competition. So good luck to the Maccabees as they continue and uh, – to all their amazing players and Coach Steinmetz and continue making us proud. They're in long – oh, they do have another uh, – I'm sorry about that. They do have another conference game. They're playing this Sunday at St. Joe's on Long Island. So we wish them the best with that one because that's going to be a tough contest. And, again, we wish them the best adding to that uh, winning streak. Uh, our friends at Art School remind you that uh, Kids Cooking with Chef Shiri is out. Kids Cooking with Chef Shiri is now available. Use promo code radio to get 15% off and free shipping on this great Hanukkah gift. Kids cooking with Chef Shiri. Use promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com again. Promo code radio. Kids cooking with Chef Shiri. 15% off and free shipping in the United States. Hey, don't forget that Simcha Liner starts his big tour tomorrow night. It's happening at B'nai Shuren in Teaneck, New Jersey. SimchaLiner.com has all the information. SimcoLiner.com. Again, the tour begins tomorrow night, and that's going to be at the uh, B'nai Assurance Synagogue in Teaneck, New Jersey. Keep that in mind. A full program here on a Friday at JMNAM at 9 o'clock. It's Table for Two with Naomi Nachman. Brand new show is Schiffer and Shlomo Klein of Flashix Magazine. Miriam Pascal, author of More Real Life Kosher Cooking. British chef Natalie Breyer to discuss Natalie Eats, or Nutella Eats. And uh, Rabbi Benny Rappaport of Pocono Kosher. They're all going to be on between 9 and 10 this morning on Naomi's program, Table for Two, and it's a brand-new show. Erev Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek is brought to you by wonderful friends at Kedem. That starts at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Erev Shabbos Music Mix, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem, uh, starting at 1 p.m. after Harry Rothenberg's video blog, which is amazing this week. It's always amazing, but particularly this week. And uh, tomorrow night, Saturday night, Seagull with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. And Sunday, it's JM Sunday with Matis between 7 and 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to be tuned in. Here is uh, a selection for you from Micha Gammerman at JM in the AM. Okay, we'll 
מוי סמושיח, אורחמונו יזקנו לא ילום אבו, אורחמונו יזקנו לי מוי סמושיח, אורחמונו יזקנו לא ילום אבו
Well, it's already the 8th of Kislev. 
So what are we, how many days away? Little more than two weeks, right? Hanukkah is two weeks from Sunday night. So I don't know. I just got into the mood for some Hanukkah music. And there it is. Yavanim off of the Hooked on Hanukkah album. Tovla Hodas from Shalshalis Jr. Micha Gammerman in there with Vizakenu here at JM in the AM. Uh, Friday morning, we've started to save a Saint Talumatar. Keep that in mind. Um, so now it's being said all around the world. Israel and the diaspora. Uh, Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayetze, candle lighting at 4.08 here in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. After all, Shabbos begins pretty early. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He joins us at 7.40 Eastern Time here at JM in the AM. So get ready for that conversation. Rabbi Yudin coming up, of course, at 8.15 on Parshas Vayetze. And plenty more, as you would suspect, here on a Friday at JM in the AM. Our friends at Art Scroll remind you that kids cooking with Chef Shiri is a great Hanukkah gift. And it's available. Kids cooking with Chef Shiri. If you use the promo code radio, you get 15% off and free shipping in the United States. Use promo code radio. 15% off free shipping in the United States. Use promo code radio at artscroll.com. Use promo code radio at artscroll.com. I want to thank all those who've contributed this week. Giving Tuesday basically turned into Giving Week here at JMNAM and the Nahum Siegel Network. I want to thank those who go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, to uh, give support to us during our 2019 campaign. A big thank you to uh, Coach Bobby and Ruby Kaplan. On our app, they uh, announced their six times high donation in honor of six great happenings and occasions that are going on. And we thank them very, very much for that as we mentioned earlier. And thanks, everybody, who's uh, kept us going this week with wonderful donations. Hey, don't forget Simcha Liners in concert tomorrow night, B'nai Yashurin in Teaneck, New Jersey. And for those of you in New York City, hey, Chazen Yitzchak Mayor Helfgott and Avram Fried are together at Parkey Synagogue tomorrow night. Choose your seats by going to parkeysynagogue.org. Parkeysynagogue.org. You'll be glad you did. A couple of great shows around the New York area tomorrow night as we get uh, closer and closer to the holiday of Hanukkah. And Hanukkah in general. Apparently the YU concert that we alluded to earlier in the week is confirmed. And apparently uh, Yerachmiel Begun, Miami Boys Choir, have major plans for Hanukkah. And Simcha Liners got plans for Hanukkah. There's a lot going on. Lots happening. And we'll, of course, let you know all of it right here at JM in the AM. Mordechai Shapiro is next at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. with Shalshelis. It's called Vahu Kaili. Before that, Mordechai Shapiro and One in a Million. He spoke about that song earlier in the week when he joined us in Woodmere on Tuesday. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Parshas Vayetze, candle lighting at 4.08. Some have it for a drop later than that. Whenever it is, make sure you realize how early it is. And make sure you know when candle lighting is where you are. We've started to save a St. Talamutter. If you're not familiar with that, consult with your local rabbi. They've been saying it in Israel for the last month. Now the entire world is saying it. I want to thank those who've given at fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. If you want to join our 2019 campaign to keep us going. Uh, thanking our friends at jewishworldreview.com, jewishworldreview.com. All you got to do is uh, literally log on at any point today to jewishworldreview.com. And um, you can print out hundreds of articles about Israel and the Jewish world to explore over Shabbat. And uh, we thank them. And we suggest you visit there on a regular basis at jewishworldreview.com. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you. It's always very good to be here, and I wish everybody Shabbat Shalom, and hope they had a good week. Yeah, let's hope it was a good week. For some people in our community, it wasn't, because I'm concerned, and we haven't spoken in two weeks, so we could talk really about the last two weeks. I'm concerned about the escalation of certain anti-Semitic uh, episodes and the type of episodes they are we're now hearing about, and I know these are local issues, some of them, but we are hearing about the things happening in other countries as well, and uh, here locally, school buses that are noticeably Jewish. Uh, having rocks thrown at them or eggs thrown at them, and, of course, attacks in the street that are completely unjustified. Um, I'm not talking about you know th- those situations where we thought they were hate crimes and proven not to be. I'm talking about real hate crimes. And, again, and I know we've made this point a million times before, a lot of it has to do with law enforcement and the attitude and atmosphere in certain communities. Uh, in this area, I think a lot of people are feeling it drift away a little bit, and I think 
one of the only ways to to uh, create a reparable situation uh, would be what you've suggested many times, and that is to be in touch with public officials and to express appreciation for them and try to get them even more involved in our community. Uh, have you noticed the uh, uh, uptick over the last couple of weeks in anti-Semitic episodes? I see a constant uh, pattern of uh, increase, and, you know, for many years here on the show we've talked about it, we've warned about it. Uh, if people want to see a, a longer discussion, I, I spoke at the Olympic Convention on Sunday, and it's available online, um, along with uh, Rabbi Shalom Kamenetsky and Rabbi Schnall, to talk about the uh, very disturbing um, dimensions that we're, people know when something happens in their community or they read about something abroad. But when last week, in, in the last week, the, the murder of uh, Mrs. Halimi, Sarah Halimi in Paris, who was thrown over her balcony as he yelled Quranic uh, phrases and uh, who was treated terribly by this uh, Arab neighbor um, who murdered her, uh, the people in Belgium who were yelling burn the Jews publicly and demonstratively, the, the cases in Holland uh, also, which involved the death of a Jew, all of them were... Uh, was decided not to prosecute. They say they're they were insanity pleas or whatever. Um, we saw positive things. The Pope came out very strongly uh, in denouncing anti-Semitism, uh, and it said it's inhuman, unchristian, and he said the Jews are our brothers. He, he issued a very strong statement. And yesterday, in final recognition of the extreme growth in France of anti-Semitism, the government created a national anti-hate crime office and after they found a Jewish cemetery in France that had been defaced with swastikas uh, and all sorts of inscriptions, and the the um, uh, and it's only one of of a long stream of anti-Semitic attacks in that region and around the country, and there isn't a single country where we don't see, see double-digit increases in anti-Semitic manifestations, including here in New York City, and the the essential. Uh, part of of uh, uh, people is that people from every aspect of this get involved, report the incidents, report the incidents. This more than half of the incidents are not reported here. Right. People have to take the time, can't dismiss it. Will never get the proper attention if they don't know really what's happening. And then go out and vote and elect people who will care. And the the uh, look you look at what's happening. In, in England, with Corbyn himself being accused of, of 11 anti-Semitic incidents involving him, but more importantly involving the whole Labour Party. And uh, the 8th uh, the former member of Labour came out now to people not to vote for the party. And yet the study shows that more than half of Labour voters have anti-Semitic attitudes themselves and are mm-hmm. sympathetic to his positions. And the the um, reaction of the Jewish community is very clear, and the denunciation of the chief rabbi, and many others, uh, media denunciations. Uh, uh, Corbin makes these half-hearted apologies, but we know that it's endemic, and it's uh, and it's pandemic today. It crosses all oceans and boundaries, and I, I hope people realize how serious this is. There isn't a morning when when we get our reports from Scan. The Secure Community Network, which I hope every institution visits uh, online, Scan US, and makes an appointment for them to to do lone gun tra- uh, uh, training for schools, for teachers, for schools. 
and does a security check and, and gets their local precinct to come in and do a security check, and they don't charge for it, um, that the, the number of incidents on campuses every week and and since we were out, I mean, the numbers uh, keep going up every week, regardless. And the uh, it, it means that everybody has to recognize that Jew hatred today is a cancer that metastasizes when it's gone unchecked. You know, I, I spoke to a Jewish leader from the U.K. that's now spending some time in the U.S., and he said, you know, in the U.K., growing up, you expect these type of episodes. You know, growing up, you know you're going to be beat up or, or whatever the case may be, you know, during isolated incidents. That's the nature of what's going on there. And they recognize that. But he said, you know, it, that's what it's turning into here. You know, the U.S. has never, we've never spoken like this about the U.S. and the environs of the New York area. And it seems that he's right, that we're heading in that direction where random attacks are going to become more and more common against no, people who are noticeably Jewish. And that is frightening. And, like and you know, in, uh, people in Italy in the last uh, weeks, and they found uh, two incidents of, of um, people with weapons and extreme right uh, literature and extremist literature and neo-Nazi stuff. Well, in Sussex County, New Jersey, they arrested a guy last week, the second arrest in a, in a short period of time. And this guy had 17 guns in his truck, in his trunk, and uh, they found also neo-Nazi paraphernalia and, and hate stuff and uh, extremist material, um, and and the pattern goes on around the world, and we are not immune, and so people have to pay attention to this. You know, you you published in the Daily Alert an interesting poll out of Great Britain, and that mm-hmm. and that was the attitude of those in Great Britain toward Israel, toward Jews, towards Palestinians, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Some of the results of that poll were interesting because it it, it sort of gave us the impression. That they have uh, that they have a um, uh, a very limited you know um, a very limited warm feeling for Jews, but that essentially push comes to shove, they're willing to support Israel because they have a you know a common enemy you know in terms of anti-terror, etc. Forty four percent see Israel as the major ally. This is the one you're referring to yeah. on against terrorism. But twenty one percent of nineteen percent of Brits say they're sympathetic to Israel, 21% towards the Palestinians. Well, there's a long history uh, because of Britain's involvement in Israel, because of the constant uh, media coverage, because of of distorted coverage um, in Europe in general, but in Britain uh, as well. And it's reflected in the numbers and the people. And that should be a wake-up call for us as well, why we have to stand against the lies and distortions in the media and on, on the Internet and to fight it in every way possible. And you mentioned Corbyn. Am I right that the election's this week? The election's coming up very soon. It's, it's Thursday. And we and, all know. And, uh, I mean, the results could be troubling. It could be. Right now, uh, Labor does not look likely to be winning, and the Conservatives will. But the question is, will he have a ruling coalition, uh, a ruling number enough to govern alone? Will he need to make a coalition? Um and it's very hard to tell at this at this time yet what the um, what the outcome will be. And on the topic of uh, London and terror, did ISIS in fact take responsibility for the London Bridge terror attack? They did take uh, responsibility. Uh, never know whether that it's real or not because I don't. The police, you know, often don't know or don't talk about the connections that the perpetrators have. It scares people. It worries people. And and uh, but you know that how many years have I talked about the danger and the, 
it's still present, immediate danger, that thousands of trained killers from ISIS from many countries are still at large, have, uh, have not been arrested, um, and uh, have passports to come back. Right. Now, states, countries are, are on alert to it, uh, but you see that they're wandering around, and, and um, the president is trying to get countries to, to take them. They don't want to take them. I understand that why they don't want to, but they have an obligation. I mean, you can't just let these guys get free to, it, because of Turkey going into the Kurdish areas, you know, where many of them were held in prisons there, and uh, they escaped some of them. By the way, um, um, on, on the subject of, uh, now I totally lost my train of thought. I was going to say on the subject of uh, not being able to form a government, we should talk about what's going on in Israel. <laughs> but, there, but there was one last thought I had. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Before we wrap up the terrorist situation, you've told us many, many times that on both sides of the ocean, as far as the United States and Israel is concerned, you know of many, many cases of potential terror attacks that were squelched by, on the Israel side, let's say the IDF and, you know, security officials. And here, whether it's NYPD or others, you know, that are involved in counterterrorism, and that happens very often. Is, Is it the same in Europe, specifically, let's take London, for instance. If this episode happened last week, are, are there many more that, that uh, are, are, are threatening to the, you know, to the general London community, for instance, that are snuffed out by the police? Absolutely, many. Maybe dozens, if not more. In Israel's case, hundreds. But in, in, in America case, we have a guy who was just arrested and sentenced to 40 years for being an ISIS supporter. Um, American-born, um, indoctrinated. Um, we have um, uh, many more cases in the United States that people don't bother to, to follow or the media doesn't even cover um, the, the number of incidents. And look, there are good things, too. We saw this group of 88 organizations, civil rights, religious uh, groups that petitioned as Education Secretary uh, DeVos to stop uh, federal funds from being used in uh, higher education, Middle East studies programs, if they support the academic boycott of Israel, mm. and uh, the, the National Resource um, Middle East Studies National Resource Center, uh, which Title VI funds from the Department of Education, I think that they said that um, um, more than half of the directors have supported boycotts of Israel, and they're talking about even academic boycotts. Right. Uh, so th- there are positive things. The widespread number, and especially on campus, off campus and universities, unwilling to stand up for the rights of Jewish students until we, till we, uh, till the students stand uh, stand up for themselves. And in other cases, the University of Arizona, the, they passed a resolution supporting their Jewish students. Um, the students' uh, council did because of swastikas and other attacks against Jewish students. But the yes, the number that we don't know about may be greater than the number we do know about. Unbelievable. I'll tell you, the, the, the precautions and the strategies that have to be uh, implemented and developed are just unbelievable in every single region of the world. Uh, all right, now we can move on to um, uh, to the inability to form a government, not in Great Britain, but in uh, in Israel, of course. Uh, so this week, this week uh, will become the deadline where um, uh, the, those who uh, think in the Israeli government who think they can actually form a government or propose some type of government formation uh, that will expire, and, uh, and we're assuming that a third election is going to be confirmed with a date announced. 
But there are a couple of interesting things going on here. There's now a proposal on the table, if I have this correct, and if I read the Jerusalem Post article properly, there's a proposal on the table that Prime Minister Netanyahu would would alter the way he would participate in a unity government instead of it being two years and two years or whatever the exact split is. He would take the first six months. He's willing to take the first six months, then uh, let Gans have the next uh, uh, 18 months, and then move back to Likud leadership for the next 18 months. Is that sort of deal going to get us closer to a unity government without a third election? Well, it's possible. I mean, I think they're trying to come up with formula that would make it palatable and that would enable them to avoid the third election. And they only have a few days left in this, and increasingly it looks unlikely, and that in part of the media putting pressure on them. But uh, the polls show the anger of the voters and disappointment with everybody, particularly Lieberman, others, that uh, that they haven't formed uh, a government. And uh, it's complicated because of Netanyahu's legal uh, challenges. And the reason for the six months is that the, the charges are likely to be brought in May or June. Right. So this would enable him to be prime minister until then, um, and then he would step down. But he might be able to negotiate some sort of um, uh, clemency or um, um, a deal where where he would not be prosecuted, the uh, immunity deal. That is right now not likely, I think, but it could happen as part of uh, of a solution because Lapid and others say they won't join a government as long as Netanyahu heads it. You see Gidon Saar mounting a challenge to him publicly and saying that he was prepared to lead government, and they say, well, if he was leading it, then they would be more likely that they could form a unity government between Blue and White and, and Likud, and um, Lieberman would join, others might join. The Likud has said that they only want it if the whole right comes in, or at least the religious parties, and they are are committed. It's very complicated, but the, um, uh, you know, the legal thing, the legal challenges, and now the sub the submarine case is up, it's coming up, and two of the closest uh, associates of Netanyahu and the former head of the Navy have been in, indicated they're being indicted, and. The um, so it further complicates because that's a you know defense issue seen I think as even more serious than most of the other things that that have happened. Uh, so we 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 are in a very delicate moment. Also, and the fact is that it takes a toll. A lot of people say, well, you know, they function, the economy functions, etc. It is not true. I, I have seen it now myself, where instances where you're trying to get a decision or things that need to be done, and um, it's hampered by the fact that. They are all preoccupied with, with this, and if they go into an election, that means for the next three months things are sort of frozen, and the Knesset's not in session, and the um, uh, you know agencies don't get funded, so it, it takes a toll. And um, I don't know, I, I don't see the the light yet at the end of the tunnel that would indicate that there would be an agreement. As I said here many times, I thought in the last days they would reach an agreement right. because they don't want to face. The voters don't want another election. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com and the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Practically, is a pardon and immunity the same thing? I mean, in terms of the result, uh, what, what, what each of them would bring? Well, pardon would indicate that he was uh, convicted and then he's let off, or 
immunity would mean that there would be no prosecution. Uh, I don't know how in the Israeli system it plays out completely. Right. And um, and that's on the table. That whole, in addition to the uh, the six month thing, that's another factor. The pardon or immunity, however you want to refer to it, is another thing that's being uh, bandied about in terms of uh, being attractive to Netanyahu to help this whole thing move along. Well, I uh, think people don't don't generally they like people to be held to account, but right. the 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 reports are. I saw, I think, through some post, others carried the story that it would take eight to ten years to do this trial. There are three hundred thirty three prosecution witnesses already named and nobody has the the desire to see that kind of an expensive it takes a heavy toll and if they could resolve this and maybe he leaves the scene and um, makes some sort of a deal that that would avoid this both international and national embarrassment. Wow, there must be some former prime ministers wondering why I didn't take those trials eight years. <laughs> I can't believe it. Well, that... don't forget, it's not one case. Right, and, that's true. And <laughs> some of these cases are very, very complicated, the charges. And I'm not sure in many other countries you would they would be brought to trial on these charges. Right. I, I got to go back to the significant statement you just made earlier that you've seen or have felt that certain things do get stalled because of the current situation. Yet, we and, and you know, Netanyahu and Pompeo met this week, yet all we hear about is the cooperation that continues with specific exercises and the projects that the United States and Israeli intelligence continue to work on. Do any of those defense-minded categories get affected by this whole election mess? Um, well, the military, the IDF, continues to function and to do its work. It's generally somewhat independent. Obviously, the prime minister uh, plays a key role. He appointed Bennett as the defense minister, and he's been active in the couple of weeks that he's there. But um, does it cast a pal over them? Yes. Does When he meets with um, uh, Pompeo, as he did this week, and by the way, they talked about mutual defense pact of yeah. some sort, and that is beginning greater and greater currency. I know Jinsa developed a draft that the people are talking about. It's not a commitment of U.S. troops. Uh, they're not asking for any soldiers, but in time of crisis, and given that what Israel has faced, the, the uh, 1,500 rockets and mortars the past year, 2,600 in the last two years, Iran's increasing uh, buildup around uh, Israel and, and more efforts in Syria and the Lebanese, uh, in, in Lebanon, and the, the disruptions. Um, that uh, that's an interesting new element that has been uh, gaining currency is the idea of some sort of a of a mutual defense pact or security pact of of some kind. Uh, but yes, I think people, um, you know, an economy that is strong and continues to grow ultimately needs the kind of guidance and the commitment of ministers and a cabinet and a, and a Knesset that can pass laws. So those things are being held up, and and I have seen it in other areas that I don't want to mention. But the um, it, it's very important that they they put a government in place and competent people who will run the ministries. Israel has amazing potential now. We saw in the UN that that 13 countries that used to vote against Israel voted for Israel with Israel against this Palestinian propaganda machine that the UN runs and I think Toto the 54 were against it and we have to credit the United States uh, again took the lead uh, along and Canada Australia others uh, joined but also uh, uh, 13 countries that used to abstain voted against 
So there are positive uh, messages and gestures, but there are very troubling signs involving, uh, certainly we'll talk about Iran and and, uh, Turkey, etc. You need to have a functioning government and not everybody distracted, like here with the um, um, impeachment trial. Nobody can say that it doesn't distract Congress. They may still function on other issues, but fundamentally all the attention, all the energy is being sucked out by that. Uh, you mentioned the uh, the statistics regarding the U.N. resolutions, and sure enough, thank goodness, as you just pointed out, uh, there are more countries that are, you know, are, that are uh, understanding that Israel's being treated unfairly. But when you look at the statistics, which I just saw this week in terms of a number of U.N. resolutions, it's all Israel. I mean, it's all, it's, and I assume what I saw this week based on this week the statistics is probably replicated many, many times, but there's no other topics being discussed other than Israel with the U.N. resolution. And there's no country that is subject to, there were five resolutions passed against Israel this year, and by the vote, the way the vote that I mentioned the, was the, still 87 to 54. This week. 23 you, abstentions. I assume you mean this week, right? This week, this yeah, week, five yeah, no, you said this year resolutions. Right, right. Uh, you know, that, that this year there was one resolution passed against Iran. I mean, uh, about Iran. Uh, one about I mean, about all the other countries, there's hardly any attention. Israel's the only one that has its own agenda, the Human Rights Council, its own kind of automatic uh, resolutions. are about 20, usually after the General Assembly, that are introduced against Israel. And there is still the anti-Israel majority that comes into uh, effect. But we've seen that it is, that it is being diminished uh, somewhat, and a lot of diplomacy goes into it, a lot of efforts, and certainly the leadership of the United States in this case, again, important. Um, but um, um, it hasn't yet crossed the threshold. I think we have to credit Secretary General Guterres, who's um, been very outspoken. He called on Hezbollah and Lebanon to control Hezbollah and disarm. He's um, made other statements and certainly been outspoken on anti-Semitism. All right, uh, I, I, Iran, let's, uh, we'll do the protests in a minute. Let's start with, because uh, we haven't spoken in a couple of weeks, uh, Iran moving into Iraq. What could you tell us about that? Well, Iran has been moving into Iraq for years. I think for the last 10 years, I talked about the Shiite crescent that they want to establish, which runs from Iran through Iraq, Syria, Lebanon to the Mediterranean. They have achieved it largely. They are a strong presence in all of these countries. Iraq, though, is becoming a staging ground because they know that they can't fire uh, missiles and stuff from Iran itself, because they don't want the retribution. They don't want to see Israeli F-35s flying overhand, overhead as they did and sent a message to the supreme leader and the leadership there. And it's much easier. So they, they are to go from Iraq. Uh, the Iraqis don't want it. The Iraqis are demonstrating against the Iranian presence. So did the Lebanese, although Hezbollah still remains in a poll this week popular in, in Lebanon amongst the Shiite not so much amongst, and, and not so popular with the um, uh, third of the Christians support him, and um, I think um, more than half of the Sunnis don't, but the uh, but the Shiite do, even though they demonstrated against him, and they don't like some of the things they're bringing to bear. They don't want to have a war that brings the destruction that they have seen in, in the past. Iraq, in uh, Syria, so Iran has moved short-range missiles into into Iraq. Um, there's now a, um, an effort to, to try and identify a new prime minister because Mahdi stepped down during the demonstrations. And we see that Soleimani of Iran, 
the head of the Quds forces, is the dominant figure in that process. And he brought along now a new guy from, from Hezbollah who's been seen with him uh, as they try to identify the candidate that they want to impose. Um, the people don't want that. He, he, was, he is the guy who's in charge of all of the foreign efforts of, of the IRGC, the Revolutionary Guard, uh, lost a favor recently because of the events in Iraq, which he was responsible for. But yes, we see the buildup in, in Iraq and the use of um, perhaps Yemen as well as a staging ground, something Netanyahu warned about. An American ship intercepted uh, a small boat carrying a very sophisticated um, ballistic missile equipment to what we believe to, to the Houthis in Yemen. Uh, and so they could be building up their capacity also to, to fire missiles, et cetera, at Israel, at American troops. And they, and they say that these missiles can be used against U, U.S. bases. The 21 American bases are in, in their sites. Uh, I mean, they say these things publicly. It's yeah. not, um, yeah, it's you not, know, it's not, not uh, secret. And they said they're the fourth strongest missile power and, um, and, and a NATO statement that said 110 uh, missile bases in Iran could launch 20,000 missiles a day. They are not bashful about their military potential. By the way, we talk about the world ignoring them, um, and we've pointed that out a million times. The world has started paying somewhat uh, attention to the way they're treating their protesters. Have, have their tactics changed at all over the last few days? No, and they they don't publicize it necessarily, but we know that the estimates are up to 1,000 people were killed the, but they shut down the internet. There's no way for people to get information out for for a long period. They um, uh, they arrested at least seven thousand, maybe eight thousand. Um, and and it's interesting that we've even seen attacks by Mousavi, a former candidate for president, who blamed the supreme leader. We have seen um, uh, that some of the Basiji wouldn't participate in in um, the attacks that they were uh, ordered to. Um, uh, to carry out uh, that the, the I mean there are a lot of developments involved that are um, uh, clear that this is the worst demonstrations in 40 years much bigger and broader more than 100 cities including all the big major cities uh, were, were involved in this and Iran at the same time is more blatant in the violations of the of the JCPOA the deal now the Europeans are faced with a real tough dilemma. Britain, Germany, and France came out for the first time really uh, condemning what the Iranians are doing, but they're in a dilemma because they're the ones backing them all the time. The six European countries oh. announced that they would uh, form this Instanex, which is supposed to bypass American sanctions on the banking system, the SWIFT uh, system. Uh, it won't. It won't work. But the fact is that they're still, on the one hand, covering for them and, and looking for excuses. But the... Um, the fact is their economy is going down. Their foreign reserves are very low, $86 billion, but they have uh, only access to about 10% of it because of the sanctions. And they're, they're headed towards, uh, they are in a crisis, and the, the demonstrations are in part about that as well. And, the, um, and we see that at the same time, Hezbollah is using the Internet to incite against the to incite Israeli Arabs and the people in the West Bank to against Israel to, to try and incite violence uh, Iran is using the internet against Israel and um, the the um, 
you see that the power that Hezbollah has is bigger than most most countries with 130,000 uh, missiles. But you also, I mean, what you pointed out about the, the European attitude towards what's happening with the Iranians now explains why the Western media and leadership in certain European countries did go out of the way to point out that the Iranian tactics against the protesters have changed, even though you, you tell us they really haven't. But now it makes sense because they're so invested in, in, in believing that Iran is different than, than the world or than you know, Israel and the United States think they are, that they have to go out there and if they even get a hint of a statement by the Iranians that they've eased up on the protesters, they have to go ahead and trumpet that throughout the world. That's right, and they are... Um um there are many there's so many aspects to what iran has um has been doing you know that israel bombed and oh, somebody bombed near there is again uh, a big hezbollah or iranian uh, arms depot that was huge explosions and that was this week last week there was another one and they they've showed pictures of uh, of the devastation that was brought on this IRGC uh, headquarters that the um the IEA itself is pressing uh, um Iran into giving the information because of they found enriched uranium and they're not doing it so the Europeans are like caught between these various uh, pressures on the one hand wanting to see JCPOA and uh, it con- uh, continued and still saying that it's the pathway to stop Iran's nuclear program. At the same time, they're admitting that Iran is violating it, and Iran is moving faster and faster towards the missile capacity, ballistic missile capacity, nuclear capacity, installing the the, um, faster centrifuges and three other steps in violation. And and they say they're going to continue to take these... um, uh, these kind of measures, so countries have to make a decision where they're where they're going to come down on on this, and the um, you know and the danger is that anything a spark can set off a conflagration in in the region, and that Israel while it has great capacity to defend itself, uh, it can't you know when when you're going to have five thousand missiles being fired a day or ten thousand missiles or attempts we know that the Iranians, the Hezbollah are trying to get on the Golan and supposedly have a greater presence in the, in the region there. Israel has tri- has stopped the tunnels from underground, the missiles from overground, and drove back troops, uh, drew positions that got too close. But the, it's, a, it's a huge undertaking. And again, I think it's the imperative of having a government that monitors it, and I think the prime minister stays on top of it. It, it requires, uh, um, I think, a really all-out effort to um, to counter because it, it, it is spreading in the region. Wishy-washy doesn't work against an enemy like this, and no one's better at wishy-washy than the Europeans. <laughs> you know that Winston Churchill said, appeasement is feeding the crocodile in the hope that it will lead you last. We are seeing again the appeasement. Uh, after they acknowledge that they have these nuclear-capable missiles, they, the Europeans, and, and yet, at the same time, they continue um, these appeasement policies, which are causing are cancerous within their countries, and certainly in terms of their the foreign uh, interests. We saw at, at the NATO uh, conference, and uh, you know we don't see the kind of tough stance that this really requires. Yeah. And speak about uh, and Turkey for Turkey too, by right. the way. And talk about being eaten last geographically. They ain't going to be eaten last. <laughs> They're in a much more vulnerable position than anybody in the U.S. is right now. Of course, so. they they will be 
they, they, you know, when uh, Chamberlain, Winston Churchill told Chamberlain he had a choice between um, disgrace and war. You chose disgrace, and now you'll have war. Right. Well, they chose disgrace, appeasement, and God forbid they will face the, the price for that. Yeah, no question. Finally, uh, the United States suspended military aid to Lebanon. I didn't realize Lebanon was getting military aid, and frankly— with the with speaking about wishy washy, you know, with, with not being able to follow who's really in control of the Lebanese government, why did it take till now to do this? Well, they give one hundred five million dollars. It was frozen a few weeks ago. Uh, it seems that within the administration there were differences uh, over this, uh, but um, the the uh, State Department, whoever was pressing and they released the funds. The reason why people wanted to hold it up, they wanted to build up the Lebanese army to be able to withstand, to, to be stronger against Hezbollah. But the tr- fact is that Hezbollah today is the dominant force in Lebanon. And they say it's fungible and you give money to the Lebanese uh, army, it ends up with, or weapons, it ends up with um, uh, Hezbollah. So they're saying now that the money will be given and monitored so that it's only used by the Lebanese army for its purposes. But today, unlike the last Lebanese war, um, Hezbollah is no longer an independent uh, entity. It is part, and it is the government. And therefore, a lot of people argue that this this money, it's it's not wise to to be forthcoming with the money. Uh, There were members of Congress and others who wanted to see the money paid to, to Lebanon. Obviously, we, we would like to see a strong and independent Lebanon like before with all the delicate balances uh, within the population, but it, it is not possible because of the uh, Hezbollah's tremendous power and, and resources there. They're hurting because of the cutback in funds, um, the shrinking support for Hezbollah from, from Iran, uh, but they still remain a very potent force and are used by Iran all over the region, but around the world as well. Did you see the uh, a, a son of a former member of the Syrian government offered to get involved in the quest for Ellie Cohen's remains for a million dollars? Yes, I saw <laughs> that. Um, I, I don't know that we could uh, put too much weight on, yeah. the, on the promise. Um, but he will gladly take the money. It will certainly take the money, but he wants to cash up front, I think. Yeah, I would assume so. <laughs> Uh, I thank you very much. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak again next week. And one thing we should yeah. remember is what the, the administration's move about the legality of the of the, the communities in Yudon Shomron. Right. Um, it was really, it's a legal uh, issue, not a political issue, and it's being distorted and misrepresented in so much of the media. But um, it's uh, an important statement, the same position that Ronald Reagan took when he was uh, president. It's, uh, it doesn't prejudge outcome. It doesn't talk about individual communities. It just talks about, in principle, the right, which is enshrined in a lot of the agreements, et cetera, signed over the years. And obviously there are people who, who don't like it and disagree with it. Um, but we should at least have the facts clear about what happened. A great point. And we should start with our own families and students, make sure they have those facts straight, and then they can start disseminating it to others. Thank you, Malcolm. Have a wonderful job. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. A reminder, this coming Monday and every Monday, the Israel Show, right after JM and the AM, takes a close look at a lot of the issues we discussed this morning, especially when it comes to the interesting chess game that's being played vis-a-vis the next Israeli election or 
maybe a formation of a next Israeli government. Mayor Weingarten has all of that and, of course, plenty of other news and music from Israel live every Monday, 9 a.m. until 10 a.m. Eastern Time right after JM in the a.m. Make sure to be tuned in. You'll be glad you did. Uh, JM in the a.m. Friday, uh, we've started to save a Saint Talumotar. Keep that in mind. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayetze, candle lighting at 4.08. Right after JM in the a.m. this morning, table for two with Naomi Nachman. Her guests include Schiffer and Shlomo Klein of Flashix Magazine, Miriam Pascal, author of More Real-Life Kosher Cooking, British chef Natalie Breyer to discuss Nutella Eats, and Rabbi Benny Rappaport of Pocono Kosher. It's all coming up between 9 and 10 this morning on Table for Two, a brand new show. Then the Erev Shabbos Show with Mark Zomik, brought to you by wonderful friends at Kedem. Erev Shabbos Music Mix, brought to you by Kedem all day long. Harry Rothenberg with a great Parshas Vayetze video blog at 1 o'clock. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, single with Avrami uh, and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. On Sunday, it's JM Sunday with Matis uh, live from 7 a.m. until 9 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in. There's a lot going on until we meet again this coming Monday for JM in the a.m. A reminder from our friends at Art Scroll: use promo code RADIO when you order the brand new book, Kids Cooking with Chef Shiri. It's a great Hanukkah present, Kids Cooking with Chef Shiri. Use promo code RADIO for 15% off and free shipping. Promo code RADIO at artscroll.com. Promo code radio. Tomorrow night, a couple of great concerts. Simple Liners and Teaneck at Congregation B'nai Yishurin to kick off his tour. Keep that in mind. And, of course, in Manhattan, you have Chazan Yitzchak, Mayor Helfgott, and Avram Fried, Parky Synagogue tomorrow night. Keep that in mind. Go to parkysynagogue.org for information about all of it. And a big, big thank you to everybody who's donated at fjbunity.org, those who've participated in our campaign um, for 2019. If you have uh, already given during 2019, thank you. If you haven't, consider us, please. And you can check out the sponsorship opportunities as well at fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Try your hardest to be as generous as possible and keep us going here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Again, it's fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. If you like what you hear every day and every week here at JM in the a.m. This time each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomrei Torah, Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayetze. Parshas Vayetze is one of the longest parshios. It happens to be 148 psukim. According to the Chinuch, there are none of the Tariag mitzvos in Parshas Vayetze. Take note, everybody, that it is stuma. That means from the first pasuk till the very end, there's not a single, quote, break in the action. It's one long essay. It's one long presentation. And uh, the, uh, well, all our teachers at school would say the content is most superb, but there should have been a pause after each change of idea. I can only suggest one reason. At this point here, there are three Jews in the world. There's Abba, Yitzchak, there's Ima Rivka, and there's the son, Yaakov. When one-third of the Jewish nation has to go into Golos, 
meaning is forced to leave the land of Israel, the Torah itself is constricted. The Torah itself is sasum, is tighter. The Torah feels the pain of the Jew. In Parshas Vayetzei, from beginning to end, we end up with building the Jewish family. We have 11 sons and one daughter born to Yaakov in Parshas Vayetzei. And I'd like to focus this morning on an aspect of the narrative. I don't want to use the word S-T-O-R-Y story because I really believe there are no Bible stories. There are only biblical lessons. And I'd like to share with you an aspect of the narrative which I think is exceedingly important. After Yaakov has the majestic dream that God gives him such an incredible insurance policy. He sees the angels going up and down, which our rabbis tell us in the Midrash represent the different powerful nations of world history. And all of them ascend, and then they descend. They make their mark, and then they literally lose their place, dominance, and importance in the, on the face of this earth. Take, for example, Spain. At one time, there was the great golden age of Spain. Only when King Ferdinand, Queen Isabella, had the terrible inquisition against the Jew, and the Jews were expelled in 1492. After that, after they mistreat the Jew, as was promised to Avraham at the beginning of Lech Lecha, I will bless those that bless you, those nations that are good to you, I will be good to them, and those that curse you, those that um, uh, are terrible to you, or I will know how to take vengeance against them. And that has been the pattern of world history. After this incredible dream of Hashem promising Yaakov, that whereas the other nations have a guardian angel, you don't. You have only Hashem Himself. He is your protector. Yaakov then goes to fulfill his mission to find a wife. He comes to Lavan's home and having already met Rachel at the well, he says to Rachel, says to Lavan, his father-in-law, I will work for you seven years for Rachel Bitcha Haktano. He spells it out very clearly. He wants Rachel. And the Torah tells us that in his love for her, the seven years, because it was in her best interest, went by most quickly. Yaakov suspects that his father-in-law, 
who has a reputation of being the Lavan Ramai, Lavan, who is the cheat, the swindler, he gives Rachel his bride to be Simonim. He gives her a password that should her father arrange, as indeed he does, for a blackout, and it's completely dark, that in the darkness he should be able to know that it's her, by her giving him the specific Simonim password that the two of them arranged. Little did he know, little did she know, Rachel herself, that at the last moment, she, Rachel, when she sees that her father is indeed making Leah the bride, and not wanting to completely humiliate her sister, she gives over the simonim, the password, to her sister. And so, in the morning, Yaakov awakes, and he finds that it is Leah. He comes to his father-in-law, and he says to him, Wait a minute, what did you do? This is in chapter 19, Pasuk 25. Hello, Barachel Ovadati Imach. Did I not work for Rachel? Lama, Rimi Sani, why have you deceived me? Now, anybody reading this might say to themselves, I don't believe it. Why is Yaakov such a nebish? Forgive me. Why is Yaakov such a lemona? Forgive me. Meaning, why is he such a pushover? Why doesn't he take the baseball bat and at least hold it in his hand and raise his voice and yell to his father-in-law, how could you do this to me? Why doesn't he make a fist and show that he's really ready to punch him in the nose? Why does Yaakov give that impression of being that nebish? And I'd like to suggest a very powerful answer. The whole book of Bereshis is teaching us Derech Eretz Kodmola Torah, that menschlichkeit and being that good individual is a prerequisite for the Torah which comes in the second book. And therefore, Yaakov is teaching us the following important lesson. We have to do our Hishtadlus. We have to do our work and whatever we can from our perspective to assure and ensure that our plans will be fulfilled. That which we believe to be correct. I know, says Yaakov, I want to marry Rachel. I will therefore have an insurance policy called the Simoni, the password. When that doesn't work, as indeed, to both of their surprise, at that point there, Yaakov yields to a higher authority. Yaakov accepts the teaching of Rabbi Akiva, Kol ma da'ovid rachmano letav. Whatever God does is for good. 
call everything. Everything means everything, even a decision which is literally the most important decision of your life, whom you're going to marry. Even this, Yaakov realizes, this is beyond my control. And once it is beyond my control, I accept. And interestingly, points out the bear Yosef, a Rashi, that Lavan says afterwards, given that we don't do like you do, we don't give the older in place of the younger, work for me another seven years. And on that Rashi of working for old Sheva Shonim, another seven years, Achiros, what's this other, another seven years, Achiros? Says Rashi, Hekeshon Lorishonos. The seven second ones are equated to the first. Just like the first ones were with emuna. Now what does emuna mean? Emuna means literally with faith. Not just that Yaakov is faithful as we see at the end of the parsha, that he is so honest, so careful with Lavan, though Lavan is constantly deceiving him. But I'd like to say that Rashi means very literally, Marishonos Pe'emuna, just as the first seven were with faith that Yaakov had in Hashem, so too Achronos Pe'emuna, so too the second set of seven were also with faith, that Yaakov has faith in God, that this is what Hashem wants. And indeed, points out the Be'er Yosef, Incredible that if you fast forward in Jewish history, when unfortunately the second Beis Hamikdash is about to be destroyed, forgive me, the first Beis Hamikdash is about to be destroyed. So Hashem says, Oh my goodness, we must have some tfilos here. Wake up the Ovos and let them pray. And Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, and Moshe all pray to Hashem that he should not destroy the Beis Migdash and to no avail. Comes Rachel Imenu, and Rachel says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, How could you do this? Look what I did. I allowed a rival my sister, to go in my place. I gave this up, and you are disturbed over your rival, the Avodah Come on. And you know what Hashem says? Hashem says, I listen, I accept Rachel's tefillah, and therefore, yesh tikvah there is hope. For your petitioning, Rachel, Vishavu Banam Ligvulam. Hashem promised that we would return from Gullus in the Schus of Rachel. So while nobody at that moment could see the good, Yaakov Avinu teaches us, you do yours. And after that, whatever happens, we really have to have the true faith in Hashem of Gam. Zu Litova.
Rav Galinsky writes in his Sefer, Vigadita, that Loalenu, a Rosh Hashiva, in Eretz Yisrael, lost a daughter who had been sick, who was in constant need of oxygen. And she once had an attack, and they couldn't find a tank. And Loalenu, she died. And shortly thereafter, they found in her room not one, but several tanks. And the family, understandably, was most distraught. Rav Galinsky came to me, Menachem Avo, and he said to the family that, listen carefully, we believe in bitachon, in faith, and we believe in ishtadlus. Ishtadlus means doing all that you can. As you move forward in a crisis, you do whatever you can. But after, unfortunately, it's happened, afterwards there's only room for bitachon. There's no more room for shtadlis afterwards. If only someone would have looked here, if someone would have looked there, my goodness, oh no. After it happened, there's only room for bitachon. Kol mad ovid rachmona letav. Whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu does is only and always for the good. Yaakov is not a lemela. Yaakov is not a nebish. All the shepherds, later on in the parsha, all the shepherds, when Yaakov comes to Haran, what happens, listen carefully, the, um, the shepherds cannot, any one of them, move the stone that's on top of the well. And Yaakov single-handedly does it. What does that show? He's a man of principle. He's a man of action. Why doesn't he take the baseball bat here to his father-in-law? Why doesn't he raise a fist to his father-in-law? Because he realizes, after we do our ishtadlis, then the rest is to accept and have bitochon. People invest so much in business. They put in the ishtadlis. If it doesn't go... Bitochons has to set in. People put investing in a shiduch, and then a lot of time and effort. And if it doesn't work, you have to understand. Bitochon, this is not what Hashem wanted. People are stuck in traffic. They don't realize, oftentimes, that it is in their best interest. Yaakov Ovinu teaches us a very important lesson. Koma. To Ovid Rachmana, the Tav Ovid. Yaakov couldn't see that Rachel's response, uh, giving over the Simonim, would help Klal Yisrael literally a thousand years later. Koma, to Ovid Rachmana, the Tav. How powerful this has to be for each and every one of us. Shabbat Shalom to all.
In the AM, 
Erev Shabbos, Friday morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Table for Two with Naomi Nachman. Brand new show on today's edition of Table. Oops, sorry about that. On today's edition of Table for Two, Naomi with guest Schiffer and Shlomo Klein of Flashix Magazine, Miriam Pascal, author of More Real Life Kosher Cooking. British chef Natalie Breyer discusses Nutella Eats and Rabbi Benny Rappaport of Pocono Kosher all participate in today's Table for Two that's coming up starting at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, 10 o'clock for the Erev Shabbos Show with Mark Zomik, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Erev Shabbos Music Mix this afternoon, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Great Harry Rothenberg video blog about the Parsha coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, tomorrow night, it's Avrami with Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler, Saturday Night Seagull. Sunday, it's... Uh, it's Matis uh, between 7 and 9 a.m. Eastern Time with JM Sunday. Monday, of course, we're back here at JMM. And by the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, Rabbi Shlomo Riskin scheduled in studio this coming Monday morning. Rabbi Riskin will be visiting us from Efrat. He is scheduled this coming Monday morning to be here at JM in the AM, and we are very very much looking forward to it. And we again wish him a mazel tov on the big Hachnasa Sefer Torah taking place this coming week in New York City in his honor. So we are very much looking forward to it. And uh, that'll be Monday morning right here at JM in the AM. Yep. Should be something uh, certainly worthwhile. So make sure to be tuned in. And we'll try to Facebook live it so you can see the entire conversation here, which will be really cool. Uh, JM and AM Friday on this era of Shabbos. A reminder that our friends at Art Scroll have uh, released an amazing book for Hanukkah called Kids Cooking with Chef Shiri. Perfect Hanukkah present. Kids Cooking with Chef Shiri. 15% off and free shipping when you use the promo code radio. Again, use promo code radio. Free shipping, 15% off. Whenever you go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio. Again, that's artscroll.com. More coming up. It's JM and the AM.
song No matter what the soldiers said Or how the rain would pour Zadie always kept a smile And wiped the tears away Nothing could ever keep him down When he'd start to say It's Shabbos now Shabbos now And I will sing Your family and your neighbors It's now your time Up winding stairs and broken dreams Papa tries to sell a little more A penny here, a penny there Mama cries and clothes she told My Zadie always kept a smile And wiped her tears away Soon things will turn around Soon we're gonna say It's Shabbos now Shabbos now J.M. and the A.M., first Raya Mehemna with El Chadodi, and this is, of course, Eighth Day with its Shabbos now. Listener Devora wants to know candle lighting time. Well, here in this area, we're announcing 4.08. Most people probably have it a minute or two later than that. On the app, thank you, listener Yehuda says, thank you, Nachum, have a blessed Shabbos. Leia's wishing everybody a good Shabbos from Scranton, Pennsylvania. That's pretty cool. Thank you, Scranton. Um... Listen to Devora. We're excited in Israel looking at a forecast of a few days of upcoming rain. We've been praying for a month and haven't really had any. That's right. They've been saying the St. Talamutta for a month. And what else do we have here? <laughs> Hilly says, good morning, Nachum. Just read to Mishpacha that Ding claims was you who started fake news. That's pretty good. And I, uh, I am looking forward to seeing that Mishpacha magazine this week. Time to take a Shabbos with Journeys at JM and the AM. So throw away your hammer. There's nothing left to do. Go on home and find a gift that's waiting there for you. Oh, it's time to say good Shabbos. Cause all your work is done. I'm gonna spend the day together. Special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine. Man and his creator, it's a very special sign. 
Your candles will be burning They'll fill your home with light Singing songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio. Round the world the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app. And that wraps up an amazing week for us here at JM in the AM. And I thank all of you for tuning in and being part of it. And... Um, And uh, thanks so much for joining us. Plenty more coming up. Brand new edition of Table for Two is next with Naomi Nachman. Erev Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem that uh, follows after that. Uh, tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel, Avrami, plus Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. And on um, Sunday, Matis does JM Sunday Live between 7 and 9 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in. Monday, we're back here, and Rabbi Shlomo Riskin is expected in studio. We are very much looking forward to that here at JM in the AM. Enjoy your Shabbos. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Until Monday morning, Alchem Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.